Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. episode for Dumpty Dum has been made possible by the kind support of the following listeners. You can join them by sponsoring us on patreon.com. Jennifer Reaver, Rose Mario, Claire Asprey, Amy Norris, Siobhan Wilde, Kate Pemberton, Luke Hannington, Amy Ross, Steve McGowan, Doug Faunt, Yokel Bear, Angela Genevieve, Gorski Parker, Martin Helen, Alison Fahey, Rachel Thomas, Norman Driscoll, Sarah Humphreys, Sarah Harding, Mr. Chief and Girls Aloud, Bronwyn Wood, Anne Charles, Di Middleton, Rachel Tolhurst, Candida Beeching, David Martin, Magic at Mungo's, Morgan Johnson, Andy Bent, Scott Matthewman, Lorelei, Jean Rose, Bernadette Maguire, Laura S. Silvergirl, Sarah Heights, Rosie Taylor, Barbara Wiseman, Jan Mitchell, Simon Pilgrim, and James Moores. And we have received payments from the following on PayPal from Chris Leckie, Fiona Powell, Glyn Fuller Love, Jill Abrahams, KL Whitbread, Kathleen Anstey, Laura Cook, Lonnie Bahar, Robert Hill, Sarah Passingham, and Connor Kinsella. Thank you all very much. This is Dum Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that has entered Lambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the knight of passion that is Roy Field Brown, and with me I've the vomited out the car window that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Phoebe's romantic adventures, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumby Dum is from Sally Hodgson, who sent this in months ago. Sorry, Sally. Um, Sally, um, it fell down the back of the Dum Dum sofa, and it only got retrieved last week. So there it is, dusted off, all brand spankly new. Uh, no doubt, Sally, you'll have another reprise of this next week, I reckon. But Lucy, mm-hmm. somebody wants to send us a Dumpty Dum. How can they do that? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, leave us a plot prediction or piss off a Doxford, then call us on 0203 031 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Uh, thank you to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her voices and to Derek for the in the back bedroom. Uh, Derek's actually not using the back bedroom at all at the moment. He's in hospital. He was running the giant chess game at the fate and a sore loser walloped him straight in the bishop. (laughs) Hey, on this week's Dumbly Dum, we have views from Auntie Jean. Oh, I love me, Auntie Jean, who has a comment about stallions and danglers, Bly Spirit and Claire from Clapham, who both love a bit of Lexi, Witherspoon, who says hurrah for Ed and Abby from Brighton, who thinks Kate could be the answer Roy. But first, before the caller in us, before any diversions which might take us into the murky realms of porn on the internet, it's Lucy V. Freeman's week in Ambridge. We began the week 
week with Brian wearing a red dressing gown and waving a bell about, Jazza ranking babies by volume and Jill conning a celebrity chef into giving their potato peelings to the poor. What do you mean unrealistic? It's all perfectly normal, I tell you. One of my favourite things at the fete was Brian's surprise at Lulu Duxford, who was played by Jenny Eclair, wanting to be referred to as Ms. Now, Ms. has been in use since the sodding 1950s, Brian, but he reacted as if she'd asked to be referred to as Hair Commandant Duxford. <laughs> My second favourite thing was that no one knows how to pronounce Les Sœurs Heureuses, uh, including the woman that runs it. We've had Les Sœurs Heureux, Les Sozeros, I think we should call it what it is. <laughs> overpriced wank <laughs> Ed got all hunky with the pickers and shouted at the nasty village people wearing Stetsons and Native American outfits who were saying they should all go home and stop taking our jobs that we don't want etc etc Jennifer bought him a bottle of wine to say thank you and Adam offered physical examinations to all the male pickers until they fought him off mm. and now Alistair blimey that escalated quickly as they say he went from completely fine to nervous breakdown and possible addiction relapse within three days Admittedly, he did get a teensy bit distracted and nearly kill a cow. But, you know, could happen to anyone. David got extremely shirty and said in his best primary school voice, but we all need to concentrate, don't we? And then wash our hands. <laughs> now hang your coats up nicely and come and sit down. In the meantime, Alistair disappeared and wouldn't tell anyone where he'd gone. It was like, where's Wally? Except Wally was wandering around with a briefcase full of ketamine. Then Shula disappeared to get <laughs> her own back. And it turned out Alistair had not been dogging or gambling or hang gliding or anything interesting he'd been to see morris who i thought was a sausage maker but isn't or possibly is good glad that sorted out once again we had a bit of a class wobble firstly mm. last week which i forgot to mention we had susan saying there was no call for loose leaf tea in the village shop that is nonsense jill would drink it so would jimus and possibly crusty too as it's low on packaging pleasingly i also discovered that my <laughs> phone auto corrects the word jimus to hummus class wobble number two <laughs> class that wobble very number good two. So i enjoyed that well done <laughs> class wobble number two was at the picker's picnic or the picker-nicker, as I think we should call it in tribute to Yogi Bear. Hello, boo-boo. Lily and her irritatingly <laughs> sibilant S's referred to the puddings as sweets. They weren't sweets unless they were a bowl full of sherbet lemons. They were puddings. Emma decided to go and see Mr. Elliot. She packed up her belongings in a little wooden trunk and toiled up the hill. Uh, wringing her poor thin hands together as the cruel wind plucked at her tracksuit and then said, I'm sorry to bother you, Mr. Justin, sir, but I was just wondering if you had a corner of a pig trough for the likes of us. And the cruel, unfeeling landowner said, no, for you are poor and everything that happens to you is your fault. And you'll probably get the TB and cough all over me. And then in the final chapter, I'll also get it and die putting flowers on your unmarked grave. Actually, he didn't say that. He said... <laughs> Call me Justin. Yes, I completely agree. What a load of stuck-up tossers people are in Ambridge. And let's shoot the planning committee. Righto, I'll ask Ed, said Emma. Joe and Bert ambushed poor Oliver and told him everything he can look forward to in life as a widower. Growing massive vegetables, Werther's Originals, sharing your house with two fit young rugby players and an annual <laughs> subscription to Bape Station. Sounds good to me. Tom is swanning round the world. He's in Warwickshire. Ooh, exotic. I hope he's had his jabs. Kenton and Jolene went to London. They stood in the middle of a traffic island in Kensal Green watching the cars and they had an ice cream, saw a bus and came home exhausted. I think it's safe to say that Kefir did not go down well with Susan and Clary. Well, it went down okay, but it came back up pretty quickly by the sound of it. And there was more vomiting over at Willow Farm as Phoebe mm. got together with Constantine and his amazing performing eyelashes and the condom burst. Constantine and the condom of crisis sounds like a sort of Romanian <laughs> Harry Potter. She was saved twice, first by Lily, who nearly killed her, and then by the heroic Lexi. On the Lily note, if that woman uses the word girly one more time, I shall be forced to storm Broadcasting House. Let's have a girly evening in, Phoebe. Oh, you'd rather be rogered cross-eyed by a six-foot Romanian <laughs> with a formidable set of eyelashes than watch a girly DVD with me. 
Oh, hello, Kirsty. Yes, we're just having a girly chat about how Constantine burst out of his condom like the Hulk going through his T-shirt. <laughs> the bright one of the lower Loxley tribe. I know it's going to be tricky to be assertive and strong when you're called Lily, but she really could try and sound a little less like the walking personification of Hello Kitty. The end. Ah, oh, that was smarter than the average monologue. Well done there, Freeman. <laughs> wow, very good. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one thing which we have missed in the last couple of weeks. What is that? Um, the, the, whole, the, whole, the whole racism thing. A big pardon? The whole racism malarkey. You know, with the argy-bargy with the pickers and stuff. But you we missed it. We had loads of it. No, you didn't mention it last week. Oh, in the monologue? Well, just in the general kind of programmage. Between you and uh, Mr. Naked Fingers? I don't know. I think well, that's just... just a bit of white Western European <laughs> privilege you're displaying there. <laughs> Check your privilege, Roy Field. I think you'll find you're now a citizen of the United States. And therefore... Uh, not I am not a citizen and I will never be a citizen. I quite like being British. Thank you very much, please. I will always be a subject of a madge because that's the type of geezer I am. However, yeah, I want to live over there because it's awesome <laughs> in the sun. <laughs> Though the events of Charlottesville reminded yeah. me of Ambridge. That's all I'm saying. Well, yes. When those pictures of that idiot waving his little flaming torch around, I thought, my God, yes, he's going to go and storm the Pickers caravans. Mm. Well, this is the reason why we've got to keep vigilant for this stuff. You know, intolerance you know people are saying that people are different it starts there then all of a sudden you get flaming pitch talk talks flaming pitchforks you know this, you, one thing i'll say about these neo-nazis at least they're honest right they have the flaming pitchforks don't they do you see them with their in all their kind of nazi regalia at least yeah. they're honest but it shows you what times we live in that neo-nazis aren't even wearing hoods and trying to disguise themselves anymore they yeah. just don't care it was quite interesting, I thought. Well, I loved what Emma said about, we are the outsiders in this village. I loved that little speech. But loved I thought, it. she's so right, because Roy, Roy the racist, Roy mm. of the racist rovers, is, you know, he is, he is to the village, apart from the, the Lizzie hiccup, he is ostensibly, um, you know, extremely respectable. He's a fine, upstanding young man, you know, he... he, he um, He's holding down a good job. He's he's uh, involved in community things. He's got a daughter at Oxford. He's sort of a good father, blah, 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 blah. And then you've got Ed, who is, you know, the ex-addict, blah, 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 and the kind of the underdog and the, and the one who would, as Emma said, you know, the outsider, we are the undesirables, who's standing up for people, who's mm. standing up for people. And, I, and at first, I'm yes, going to... Yes. I'm going to use my black privilege here which it doesn't normally exist on, black privilege only exists when it comes to talking to folks about music they go oh well <laughs> you must know about it because you is black um, um, sprinting and dancing we, we, we're given a pass when it comes to those three things everything else people ignore us right but right. there is another button which we can hit for black privilege now roy tucker we share one thing in common, obviously, kind of our, our first names, you know, bit bit similar. They overlap, right? But I kind of do get a little bit tired. You do it, but everybody does it. Call him Roy the Racist. Yes, he's a blithering idiot, and he was horrid to, um, to Usher when Usher first came into the village. Yeah. Right? But I would give him a pass now, because that was 20-odd years later he voted leave though wait a minute whoa 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 whoa, whoa 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 right now he did that as a teenager that's yeah. not to if he'd have been um arrested and convicted for that crime as a teenager as a 16 year old as i think he was he definitely wasn't an 18 year old he would have been treated as what a minor not as an adult mm -hmm. His age would have been taken into account. So I just think, you know what? People can evolve, right? And I wouldn't hold the crimes, the misdemeanors, the ill thoughts of a 16-year-old, a 15-year-old against them as an adult knocking 40. That's the one thing. 
right? Now, when it comes down to voting leave, I need to skirt off this subject really quite fast because we need to thank all the people, Lucy, that have written reviews for Dum Dum in the last month because I did put out a call to people saying, yeah. please write reviews. One person wrote us five stars and said, Royfield, stop the Brexit talk. It's happened. Live with it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I'm going to say. Right. <laughs> so there you go, mate. You got your wish. No Brexit talk from me, but I will talk about racism. I will talk about injustice, but also talk about forgiveness also. On that note, Lucy B. Freeman, shall we see what the call winners have had to say about the last seven days in Ambridge? Why not? Hello, Ambridge3962. We're going to start with Blythe Spirit. Hello, Dumpty Dump Blythe Spirit calling. Well, while the love for Royfield and Lucy's broadcasting partnership absolutely goes without saying, can I just commend Naked Fingers, Robert and Lucy V. Freeman for last week's podcast hugely enjoyable i'm particularly enjoying the level of intolerance for bullshit which when you reach a certain age becomes a part of daily life doesn't it talking of bovines what the frack is going on with lulu duxford honestly it's an insult to cows to say that she's a complete cow she was absolutely horrible at the fate and I take back everything that I said about Jill being radicalised. I think she ought to bake more flapjacks. I think she ought to put them in a cannon and fire them on a regular basis at the Duxford restaurant. End of story. I'm also completely reassured by Phoebe finally joining the Brook Clinic Club. Let's face it, it's something that every student has to go through at some point. But I've got a word of warning and a bit of advice for Phoebe. Look, love. If you're going to play fast and loose with your fertility, don't do it with someone who's going to bugger off back to Bulgaria in a few weeks' time. At least, you know, have some sense. Do it with someone from the Bullingdon Club whose daddy has plenty of money and can get you out of trouble. Yeah, you know what I mean? Mm. Okay. Finally, Lexi. Now, it was really nice for Lexi to be there for Phoebe at the time. I thought she brought a, a very nice kind of maternal influence to the whole thing. But can we just like stop for a moment and have a little fact check? What the heck is Lexi doing fruit picking when she has a degree in hospitality? It's the holiday season in the UK. She could easily have got a nice job in a hotel where she wouldn't be doing all this backbreaking berry picking work. Anyway, that's it from me. I hope everyone's well in Dumpty Dum land and hopefully we'll speak again soon. Cheers now. Bye. Hi Dumpty Dum, it's Claire from Clapham here and other than a quick woohoo, go Emma, I'm not going to even mention the housing scheme this week because I think you're all getting fed up of me banging on about that uh, and if you want to see me bang on about that then just follow me on Twitter because uh, that's where I do a lot of that. Um, I wanted this week to talk about Lexi, I'm sure I won't be the only one. Um, what a marvellous woman. She never puts a step wrong. Everything she does is marvellous. She's just exactly perfect in every way. And the sun shines out of her behind. I'm sure she can't be that perfect. But anyway, for, um, you know, storyline purposes, that's clearly right that where they're taking it. And just at the barbecue this week, there was just a little conversation and a moment where I suddenly thought, do you know what? I'd love to see her not end up with Roy, but end up with Jazza. I think Jazz is crying out for the love of a good woman. He's a decent chap. Uh, we saw that when he was falling in love with um, Fallon. Uh, and I think he'd make a decent partner to Lexi. I think she'd keep him on the straight and narrow and he wouldn't try anything stupid. Uh, so that would be quite nice to see. I think he'd be quite an interesting uh, stepdad to, to her kids. Uh, and actually, what it might turn out to be is that because of changes to immigration policy... Um, they wouldn't be able to stay in the UK because certainly Jazz is probably not earning above the threshold for that kind of thing. And uh, that would be an interesting sideline that Jazz would end up going to, now I can't remember where she's from, Hungary, is it? Uh, and starting a new life 
over there. Uh, wouldn't that be an interesting turn up? So, uh, yeah, lots of interesting Brexit related, policy related issues to come, I suspect, through Lexi. Um, and I think maybe she'll get together with Roy and then find out that he's a leaver and then break up with him on that basis. Or Lee, Roy wouldn't ever leave Ambridge. So that's what it is. Anyway, keep up the good work. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Yes, Lulu Duxford. She's another. How many more one-note bad female baddies can we have? <laughs> she's like, you know what I mean? She's uh-huh. like Cruella de Vil, Hazel Woolley. Um, who else do we have? Oh, Ursula. Um, and now we've got the lovely Lulu. But I did think Jill played a blinder. I really enjoyed that. Mm. And I loved Brian hobbling round after Lulu dressed up as Father Christmas or whatever it was he was in, in his silly bell ringer outfit. And she's going, look, you're paid to announce these. And he said, actually, I'm not paid to. Oh, dear. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> she's gone. It was really nice to see um, Brian be deflated. Mm. I very much enjoyed that. Um I don't know why uh, Lexi is fruit picking where she has a, a, a degree in um, hospitality or whatever it was. It, I think she did mention it, but I can't remember what reason she gave. Was it that she preferred being outside or something and she couldn't? I don't know. But, it seems very but odd. Isn't, but isn't that kind of the case with immigrants generally, that they're generally overqualified for whatever they can do? They, they do the work which us born and bred Brits don't want to do the crappy work they'll do it mm-hmm. because yeah. they have a different work ethic it was the same when my parents came it's you know etc yeah. etc it's just the way the, these things generally work when i was on holiday in greece mm-hmm. the cleaner that cleaned our villa was an albanian tv presenter oh wow and in the three months summer holidays she left her children with her um, husband and she came to um, Greece to work as a as a cleaner. Bloody Nora. I know. <laughs> yes. Anyway, um, can we put Claire from Clapham together? Sure. With yeah. Spirit? Well, yeah. I think, I, yes. You 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 like to conflate your listener calls. I do. Um, can I just say one thing? And I could be incredibly Ooh. wrong about this, but I can't quite take Lexi's voice seriously. To me, she's a comedy Eastern European. Now, please, somebody tell me, or the actor in question say, well, actually, I was born in... No, she is, because somebody did it. Somebody looked her up. There is no way. This is me doing, like, a Bond villain's impression of an Eastern (laughs) European. Right. It is, though. It's my all-purpose Eastern European slash Russian voice that I do for everything. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Yes. Meanwhile, Claire from Clapham says about Jazza and Lexi getting together, the thing is... Whenever someone says he's crying out for the love of a good woman, I think that woman, as a good woman, probably deserves a bloke who doesn't need to be saved by a good woman. Do you know what I mean? If she's a good woman, she needs to go and find a good man, not some idiot that that is only going to be saved because she's better than he is, sort of thing. And I think there are more than enough relationships in real life and on the arches in which this happens. So I say boo to Jazza and Lexi getting together. (laughs) Yeah, no. No, I, I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you completely there, uh, Lucy V. Freeman. Um, Lexi, though, right? Do you think she's going to stay around? Is she going to become a permanent fixture, or is she going to be booted out in I the transition so, between 2019 and 2020? Oh, sorry, Brexit talk. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, if you think about old Wasser face, the <laughs> old Wasser face. Oh. Um, the one that Helen was in prison with. We got incredibly invested in her and oh, her suicide yes, and her did, children and her yeah. blah, 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 blah. And then she's bloody vanished. She's come to see us once. How's mm. that for gratitude? She never rings. She never writes. <sighs> um, we'll probably text, though. We'll probably do a little bit of Snapchat. Or yeah. WhatsApp. Everybody does Helen WhatsApp these use days. Snapchat, but she would use WhatsApp. Mm. Yes. Um, Abby from Brighton now. Hello, Lucy and Royfield or Robert. It's Abby from Brighton here at Much Ado Ambridge on the Twitters. Firstly, I must apologise for my awful croaky voice. Hopefully I'm understandable, but if I wait until I'm better from my chest infection to speak to anybody, then it's going to be a long old time. So hope you can tolerate it. I just wanted to say how much I enjoyed the Phoebe and Lexi episode. Phoebe clearly misses having a proper mum and Lexi clearly misses her daughters. It's been set up that Roy and Lexi will get together, 
But I think they may get to the verge of it and someone will remember Roy's hideous past as a terrible, terrible racist and Lexi will quite rightly be put off. Lexi is another woman in a long list for whom Roy is not good enough. Kirsty, Hayley, probably even Elizabeth, although I don't like her very much. I'd like to see him and Kate back together. It was hinted at a little while ago when he was really helpful when she was having some kind of spiritual home crisis. It could lead to lots of comedy opposites attract storylines. And also, most importantly, they wouldn't spoil another pair of people. In other news, I'm constantly wavering between irritation with and admiration for Emma. I understand why she's annoyed about the stigma of the affordable housing, and quite rightly so. Even her mum's attitude is just shocking, although snobby Susan, not a surprise. But Emma just sounds so bitter and so sour. I don't think that she and Ed will be able to get a mortgage, even on any kind of affordable home, and I'm dreading the misery when that inevitably happens. Lillian is usually my favourite character, but her pandering to Justin is getting right on my wick. I don't like Matt, but I think he loves Lillian for her and not for what she can do for him. Also, he's upsetting Alistair and therefore Shula, and that puts him in my good books. Anyone who gets on that woman's nerves is all right by me. Anyway, that's all for me for now. Hope all of you are well and cheery bye. Roy should get back with Kate. Do you know, I think that is quite realistic and I because it was hinted at and everybody did get quite excited for a little while Mm -hmm. and they did seem to sort of fit quite well together although I cannot imagine how (laughs) Mike and Vicky take to having Kate back as a daughter-in-law again here's the thing though she's always really going to be their daughter-in-law she's always going to be part of the family isn't she Mm -hmm. yeah sorry is this hitting a horrible thing no, 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 just saying, you know. Anyway, um, I'll tell you what I do think, though. What? We need a bit more Kate. The new Kate came back with such force, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. You know, everybody had, you know, the same visceral reaction to her. Like, oh, my God. But she made for some compelling radio. Mm. And she's been um, underserved to us kind of listeners mm. kind of ever since. She came in, firestorm. Where is she now? She gets referenced, you know, the odd family meeting, but that's just about mm. it. Poor, 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 yeah. poor. We do need a proper multiplicity of female characters. And <gasps> the one thing, I know you're, <gasps> so um, I will defer to you in a second there, Freeman. But the one thing that she does do is to help bridge that age divide between the Crinkleys and mm. the young uns she's mm-hmm. sli- you know she's slightly on the younger side yeah. uh, of the but she, she helps build and bridge that divide so you get an episode like you had on right. thursday there are very few women that are in that bracket are there thank you so we have this lovely episode but you have this slice of younger life where lexi takes out of the morning yeah the morning yeah and that felt very incongruous to to the archers not just because the subject matter, but because they were just two younger women mm-hmm. talking about younger women stuff. Yeah. So I think Kate Aldridge is really needed because cause otherwise we are, you know, I love me some Jill, but like, mm-hmm. come on now, Jill, mm-hmm. Peggy, mm-hmm. Auntie mm-hmm. Cardboard, mm-hmm. you know, let's just have some younger voices and some younger topics. Yeah. I mean, we've got Emma, but... True. Emma's sort of old before her time because no, she's absolutely. the Larry, isn't and she? she's trundling around mopping up after everybody. The big driver for her, obviously at the moment, is really she's been used as a uh, as an instrument to talk about the lack of rural housing. Well, really, the lack of housing within the UK just happens. It's even more acute, or the certain peculiarities to do with it in in a rural setting, and that's brilliant and all. But the very fact that she's talking about that is a late twenty something, thirty something, forty something issue. Yeah. You know. yeah. So I just said that episode on Thursday was lovely. Let's have more episodes like that. Um, just to remind us that the village is also made up of younger, of younger adults. Because isn't yeah. that kind of partly the whole thing around lack of housing, etc. That people are forgetting quite literally that there are younger workers that don't have homes, and mm. and it's kind of been reflected in the drama which we've been served up. Mm. Let's move on to horses knackers now with Auntie Jean. Jean, Jean, let 
Hello everyone, it's Auntie Jean here. Hope everybody in Dumpty Dum land is well. Um, just got some any other business from last week's podcast. Um, Mr Naked said that somebody was uh, annoyed with Ed all the time. That would be me, Mr Naked, because I find him extremely whiny and he's just got this self-fulfilling prophecy thing going on that just drives me a bit nutty. Um, you'll have to forgive me, Mr Naked, I'm sorry about that. Um, Lucy... 99.99% of male horses in racing are stallions. Their knackers don't get in the way because they wouldn't be worth anything if they didn't have their bits and bobs still intact. Um, and as for Fallon, her salary doesn't count. I think the you were worried that she didn't have three years worth of books to go to because, of course, Harrison's paying for everything, isn't he? Isn't that the whole point? Anyway, never mind. I must get on. Um... This week's archers, well, Lulu's a bit of a one, isn't she? Um, but she's Peg Brian, right, absolutely right, didn't she? Running away from him all the time, that was hilarious. Um, Kirsty, on the other hand, will soon be taking sainthood away from Shula, if we're not careful. She just, it's, uh, She's just driving me a bit potty at the moment as well. And will Phoebe be pregnant? Well, we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. But she is a silly little girl, really, isn't she? She she, she always seemed to me to be a bit more sensible than that. Than that. But uh, there we are. Anyway, that's me. I'll speak to you again soon. Take care. Bye. Oh, she schooled you, didn't she? <laughs> <laughs> Auntie Jean, I'm sorry. Um, yes, well, I really, really didn't know that. So I take it all back. I do not know horses snackers as well as Auntie Jean does. Mm. Um, also, yes, Krusty being unrealistically good. She ne- she's relentless. I mean, she volunteers constantly. She's you know when does she have a day off from being perfect? Really, she is as as I, as I thought that says. was Jill. What? No, no, no. But Jill, Jill's doing it as a way of being. She's talking about sort of you know charity fatigue, whatever it's called donation fatigue isn't she mm-hmm. but but Kirsty is just you know she's on the right side she's Mrs. Right on on the right side of absolutely everything and you think oh just get a Chinese and drink too much white wine and shut up <laughs> and I mean just, mm. um yes oh now we I would like to play with a spoon please hey baby I hear the blues are calling toss salads and scrambled eggs Mercy. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Yoko Bear, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. I'll start my thoughts on a lighter note. One morning, while I was eating my favorite part of a blueberry muffin, the top, Jill, the Duxford sisters, and of course, the Seinfeld show came to mind. Elaine, Jerry's best friend, once tried to start a business of selling just the top halves of muffins. While it was a big success, when she tried to get rid of the bottom halves by donating them to a homeless shelter, the poor rejected them, and their representative angrily denounced Elaine for giving them the less tasty and less desirable stumps. So then I imagine the customers of the Happy Friends Cafe rejecting the foie gras and other leftovers from the Quack Sisters' tasting menu as being unedible. Wouldn't that leave Jill feeling mortified? Next up, Shula Alistair and his gambling addiction. As Lucy noted last week, an addiction to gambling is an identified psychiatric disorder, and like alcoholism, one must always be on guard against a relapse. My experiences with treating those with addictions is that Alistair behaved very much like one with the disorder. He identified increased stressors and urges and called his sponsor and increased his 12-step meeting attendance. And I find that those in that position usually don't let their spouses or other family members in on what's going on. And at the same time, Shula's anxiety and fear of Alistair possibly relapsing was also a quite accurate portrayal of a spousal relationship with an addict. Let's hope for the best and a happy outcome for Alistair and Shula. Lastly, and if you could indulge me as I may go over the two-minute mark by a few seconds, yesterday America witnessed in a small way the horrors of Nazism in the events that took place in Virginia. This type of ultranationalism and tribalism casts a dark shadow that threatens societies across the globe. Last Sunday at the Fate, the Archers had its own version of these events, and so we can only thank Ed when he exclaimed, Back off! This is Ambridge, and we don't treat people like that. Talk to you all soon, my dumpty dum friends. The happy friends reject the Duxford sisters' leftovers. (laughs) (laughs) 
I love this as a concept. Not going to happen though, is it? The whole thing is a bit is a bit silly. I mean, it is. I know. I know. August always does go a bit silly season on the Archers as it does everywhere else. But um, yes, that whole storyline was very, very funny, but really completely thick and daft. Um, and where's the Happy Friends moving to now, anyway? The Filthy Fingers. Do you know? I don't know. Did you tune out like everyone else did as soon as she started talking about it? Yeah. Did really. uh, uh... But so what did you think of, of, of Ed's saving the day? Well, I love that. We are Ambridge, or this is Ambridge, whatever it was. It was like Henry V, wasn't it? It was like a proper kind of like, yeah. these hordes stop right here. Listen, I loved it. And it was somebody just saying, we are decent people. Yeah. And, and standing up to unthinking yobbery. Yeah. And saying it in a very... under. Because they understated in a very human way. Yeah. You know, if it was me, I'd spin it and talk about history and all sorts and start losing people. And everyone, everyone would shuffle off and whatever, but shuffle off out of boredom. But he did it, uh, he, and, yeah. he, and it was kind of great. And we've actually had two great um, speeches. And we said, and we said the other one. The other one was Emma. Emma yeah. and her soliloquy about yeah. be, being outsiders yeah. was just absolutely delicious and, and that was triggered by the absolute irony of Susan going well I don't know who those yeah. people were that were shouting in the pickers but they weren't from round here absolutely <laughs> absolutely Some, somebody on the Twitters and the, I don't think they were done to I think I was looking at the Archers uh, feed a couple of days ago talked about uh, the fact that they hate it when the scriptwriters try and shoehorn in the politically correct uh, kind of meme of the day of, of, the, of the time into the archers you know I just hate it and I and I suspect there will be a one-legged lesbian turning up soon or whatever I'm somewhat paraphrasing but that was the general gist of things you know what sorry go fuck yourself because quite quite frankly we've got to remember that this thing's got to reflect real life and yep. whether people want to say diversity is pandering what this thing has to do is reflect all areas of society and this is the perfect vehicle to be talking mm. about the lack of rural housing the lack of opportunities for young people to do with jobs or to do with housing absolutely perfect and also the fear of the different and then that went out and the next day we had flipping charlotteville so you kind of think well, well, well there that, you go that, that, that was the other that was the other point i was going to going to go on to make is that within villages you know i've never lived in a village but i've been through been through quite a few in my life um what separates them from cities is the fact that you expect when you meet, live in london or birmingham or new york or wherever to live next to somebody who you don't know mm. and so if you expect that your fear of difference and is going to be somewhat less mm. doesn't mean that you don't have it but you expect not to know the person who you're rubbing up cheek by jowl with mm. on the bus, on the tube. Yeah. yeah. In a village, you know everybody inside out. So mm. on a very simplistic level, and this is where I come back on to Roy Tucker being a teenager, on a very simplistic level, I understand the lizard brain that these people are different. If you're a teenager, let's say, I don't understand them. I don't agree with it, but I understand that reflex that if you've, Everybody you look at from day to day, you know that all of a sudden these people come in, ugh, they're different. And it needed somebody who's born and brought up in the village to say, no, we are decent people, they are decent people. And I thought it was incredibly powerful. And we need this stuff on the Archers. I agree. Awesome. So, to all the Daily Telegraph reading, <laughs> one-legged lesbian <laughs> people, it's nonsense. Exactly. Do we have an email? We do from Welsh Witch. She is not pleased with uh, the uh, the women in Ambridge. She says, first you have Shula, who seems to think she has the monopoly on grief. Yes, Caroline was your best friend, but does that give you the right to wear blinkers as far as the stress your hubby seems to be under? Get a grip and ask what you can do to help him rather than berating him at every opportunity. Yes, remember the dead, but care for the living. Anisha forgot she swanned off to Glasgow for weeks on end and the way she talks to Alistair and would think she's the senior partner. That's very true. Can I, the can way I she... just say, let me just jump in. I know this is Sunday's episode, but that was actually, Anisha did 
did actually address that and she said uh, even though i went off i right. you knew exactly where i was and i was compatible right. yeah the way she talks to alistair is enough to drive anyone to the roulette to try and win enough money to buy her out then you've got Jill. Yes, she found the escape tunnel from the Brookfield kitchen, but really, do someone really become so enthusiastic about a project so quickly? They do in soap opera time, yes. Um, <laughs> Emma, you do realise you're going to be played like a penny whistle, don't you? You are not going to get a house, whether it be affordable or otherwise. Does this count as a plot prediction? All the women in the archers are just useless, she said. There is none that are a shining light for womanhood. The only crime of comfort is that the men are equally as bad. That's a very depressing email welsh witch there are i don't know i think fallon's good i think jolene's good i think that kirsty although kind of a bit smug at the minute will calm down um lily's unbearable pip's unbearable but you know there are there are, there, there is hope i think for the women of ambridge this this kind of alistair's rapid rapid descent back seems very very quick and slightly forced uh to me but you know it's a soap opera it's not real time what was horse paintings about god knows just alistair being distracted i think Hmm. i'm the mystery of horse paintings i like it i really do i like the fact that we have a character who's going through some kind of mental anguish and is actually much more on the edge than we ever realised. Because yeah. Alistair, we don't have too much of Alistair ever. But whenever we do, he's on a tightrope, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And you kind of realise this kind of looking backwards. You did have horse paintings. What the hell was that? <laughs> you had the, the... When Jimmus first came into the village, it put Alistair on his edge whatever yeah. he, Alistair is not a chilled out dude he's no. a, he's fundamentally a nice and decent guy yes mm. but there is something up with with Alistair and I like yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> just saying oh now I really like we're going to talk about the the morning after pill episode now I I have great sympathy with Phoebe I have taken the morning after pill and I th- threw up because it makes you feel absolutely foul. And I was very worried that I'd then thrown it up. And in those days, there was only one pill you took. You didn't take the other one. And uh, yes, the whole thing is unbelievably stressful and horrible. And you feel like a massive idiot. So I was very, very supportive of um, Phoebe. We then had an email, which for obvious reasons, when I read it, you will um, understand why it is anonymous. Hello, I've been listening to The Archers for around two years now and I'm a new listener to Dumpty Dum. I'm 19 and I'm in the same position as Phoebe, having just finished first year and having to get a summer job. So enjoy hearing her storyline. I also was in a similar position to her not too long ago, having had sex and later finding there was a problem with the condom. I was, however, infuriated by how they portrayed it. On the show, it was suggested that she'd have to spend 26 quid when really it's free from pharmacies. Perhaps this is because she ended up having to go to the sexual health clinic. I wasn't quite sure from listening. All the same, I feel this should have been made more clear so that listeners would know this. Additionally, the fact that she didn't know she'd have to take another pill after being sick is ludicrous, as this is made very clear when you receive the pill and furthermore is in the information pack that you're given. Finally, there are pills you can take after 72 hours, which they didn't mention at all. Annoying. Yes. It did seem it seemed like somebody had half read a website to be, <laughs> to kind of build that storyline. Um, but I thought the bit they did do was the confusion about it and the worry. But she was treating it all as if, you know, she she had it was like two days later and she's saying, I can't be pregnant. I can't be pregnant. There are many, many different options you can take at that stage, really. You know, it doesn't mean you're. I know you people say, well, you can't be a bit pregnant, but you know, the, she was the way she was talking. It was like she was going to be pushing a pram around the green next Tuesday. You know, it all seemed a bit sort of um, accelerated again. But um, I did. I agree with you, Rod. I really did like the fact that there was a storyline that was very, very um, just believable. A proper situation the young people find themselves in. I will always remember that horrendous episode with Fallon and Ed and Jazza 
having taken E dancing round in the village pond and Jolene getting them in and saying, for God's sake, sort yourselves out before Kenton sees you and before blah, 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 before Sid sees you. Um, and it like all the episodes where it, well, the thing they can't, they could do young people being miserable really well. They can't seem to do young people being happy or drunk or high or whatever they do, they can't seem to get that quite right i don't know maybe it's just excruciating to listen to anyway i'm not sure um but i thought this was actually you know apart from lily who is just i don't know I, i've never met and i hope to god i never do anybody like lily um but i thought it was kind of very realistic the language was right the, the way lexi was talking was right the Phoebe feeling like an idiot, them sort of everybody saying, well, what's he doing? This is his fault too. Why isn't he taking responsibility? You know, it's all the sort of things that that do, that do happen. So I did like that, but I completely agree with you, anonymous emailer, um, that mm -hmm. um, it was the, the actual nuts and bolts of how the morning after pill works was a bit out of date. Mm. Yes. And mm. that's it. That is the emails and the calls. So let's take a brief break. I'll have a touch of camp coffee. No, what are you going to be imbibing there, Freeman? Um, sparkling water. God, you're a bag of fun, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, Dumpty Dum, it's Joe Colbert here calling with the Social Media Roundup. It's going to be a little bit different this week because, well, I'll explain in a second. Um, on Facebook, we've had posts about Shula, how we're feeling about her. Also, we speculated if this is all heading towards Matt Crawford being killed, who murdered him, go and have a look on the Facebook and you can see what people saw. Um, also, on the forum, we've had posts about uh, reporting from the Ambridge Observer that um, uh, Matt Crawford is going to go and advise Donald Trump, <laughs> which made me laugh, um, and many other things. Go and have a look there. But the reason that I'm not really saying much about those is because there is one post that I want to concentrate on uh, from the Book of Face this week, because I think, and I'm sure Royfield and Lucy can correct me, but I think this has been our busiest post on the Book of Face ever, um, with 105 comments, and according to the stats here, reached 3,821 people, which is, you know, pretty good really, isn't it? The post was to confess 
your unpopular archer's opinion. So, we're going to go through some of the answers. Father Yokel Bear is in the confessional box, and we'll now hear the confessions. Rupert Brun says his, his unforgivable com- confession is that he sometimes thinks, just for a moment, that the archers isn't real. That's a terrible sin, Rupert. Terrible. Six hail shoelers, please. Um, Andy Bent confessed that he wants Brian to be his sugar daddy. Um, well, yeah, I guess, Andy. Um, at the very least, you get a nice new kitchen, just like Jenny. But it's his terrible confession. I think eight hail shoelers there. Um... A couple of people, including Royfield, yes, Royfield, your confession, and Sarah Kelly, um, said that um, posted confessions around the lines of actually because of the brilliant acting from um, Louisa um, about Helen, that the programme at the moment doesn't feel like it's matching up to that. Um, yeah, I kind of get that. I don't think that's really a confession. I think that's more of an observation. So, no hail shoelers for each of you. Oh, well, actually, Royford, I think you should just do one just for, just in case. Um, Ryan Schofield said, I can't stand Jazza. I think he's a horrible bloke. Won't do anything for anyone unless there's something in it for himself and he just constantly moans. Oh, Ryan, what a terrible confession. Ten hail shoelers, please. Um, and also as well, um, Sally Hodgson, and I'm probably guilty of a sin here as well, Sally. Um, Sally Hodgson said she feels a bit sorry for Shula for how much stick she gets from listeners. Yes, she's irritating, but she doesn't quite get why, um, people hate her so much. Um, she said, there, please don't lynch me. No, of course we wouldn't lynch you. Um, actually, I think you're right. I've been a bit harsh on Shula, and she has lost the best friend. So I think Sally's made a point there. So I'm not counting that's a confession. Um, who else have we got? Oh, yes, Meg, um, Ed Goose Clubley says, I don't like Clary or Jill. <laughs> Um, Clary, oh yes, that's quite a confession. I think Clary's really popular. I think she's seen as kind of, you know, a bit, um, a bit kind of, you know, a bit of a grafter and what have you. Um, so yeah, I'm counting that as a bit of a confession. So I think two hail shoelers. Um, and Heather Kirk says, whilst Pip and Ruth are unquestionably awful, the biggest arse of them all and the most annoying resident in Brookfield is unquestionably David Archer. Yes, actually, Heather, you don't have to say any hail shoelers because I think you're absolutely right. Um, Tess Hornby, in a, a, a terrible confession, said, I hate Bert Fry, and that's all she put. Um, I'm shocked. Even Father Yokobear is shocked. Um, 15 hail shoelers for that. How can you not like Bert Fry? He's lovely. Um, and uh, Amanda Q said, I love the hypocritical serial shagger that is Brian. Oh, yes. I think um, one or two, you know, hail shoelers there, please. Um, yeah, so we had a lot of people confess a lot of sins. Go and have a look at it. It's really good reading. Anyway, that's it. You're all absolved of your sins. So um, have a good time, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for that, Mr. Bear. Bing. Oh, yeah, it's on. me now. Mm. I am having a Dumpty Dum quiz on September the 8th. Owing to user error, <clears throat> me, um, I'd put in the dates wrong or something, I don't know what I did, on Eventbrite, and it was saying all the tickets had sold out. They haven't. So if you haven't bought them, buy them. Um, September the 8th, Derek Fletcher will be there with his unfeasibly large equipment, as will Pavel. It's in aid of refuge to save lots more Helens. Uh, it'll take place at the Rose and Crown, which is in Walthamstow, on the Victoria Line in East London, and it starts at 7. And you can book up via Eventbrite if you go to our Twitter feed, Dumpty Dum. In fact, all mine, at Lucy B. Freeman. It's the pinned tweet on there. You know what you should do? What? You should periscope it so it's on Twitter. Oh, good Lord. Just get some geezer. I'll be lucky if the mic works. I'm not going to... Oh, gonna... shush. No, Derek Fletcher can sort this out. All you do is you whack an iPhone, uh, point it at the Quizmaster, and hit the link on Periscope, and you'll be on Twitter. It'd be awesome. People would love that. If you think that would be a great idea, feel free to tweet Lucy and Badger. And... 
uh, Greavesy, aka Derek Fletcher, make that happen because I'd like to watch that because I'd be uh, in, in in my gaff in the Bay Area. Mm. I could be like by the pool, sipping on a pina colada, watching you all in the Rose and Crown pub. That'd be awesome. <laughs> now, Lucy. Yes. Can you hit us with some tweets of the last seven days? Thank you very much, please. Hinge Zandal. Phoebe, I'm so embarrassed I might be pregnant after casual sex. Kate. Um, Roy. Well, Jen. Jennifer, rather. Um, and Brian. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Emma. I'd be off my tits every day on any vet drugs I could get my hands on if I had to live with Shula. <laughs> uh, Sarah Long. Just for once, it would be nice to hear someone inviting someone in Ambridge to stick their lemon cake up their ass. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> uh, if we had any ham. The Archers women. So do tell me some more about David's cow. Real life women. Where the fuck have you been all night? Yes, this is very true. And Chris Borrell. Mum, I think I'm pregnant. Have you had a checkup? No, it was a Romanian. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. (laughs) Eastern European expansion of the EU. (laughs) The comic possibilities. Well done, Chris. <laughs> right, there's also an Oxford Dum Dum meetup on the evening of Thursday, the 31st of August at the St. Aldate's Tavern starting at 6 pm. Naked Fingers will be making a, a celebrity appearance entirely naked. Oh, right. It's that type of tavern, is it? <laughs> no, no, remember. That type <laughs> so, of meetup. So I suggest um, if you want to go along to that, uh, you tweet Mr. Fingers uh, on the Twitters or do something on, on Facebook so he has an idea of numbers and everything. But it's at the All Dates, at the St. All Dates Tavern. That's an interesting name, that All Dates. Hmm. Anyway, start, and it starts at 6 pm. So Patron if, Saint of Tinder, he was. Aha. Uh-huh. You're so quick and clever. Um, so do that uh, if you're in the Oxford area and dum de dum away. Now, com, folks go there it's awesome it has husbandry applied to it by cosmo and and myself but more cosmo than me really and it's just like awesome stuff on there dumdy mogs dumdy dogs and it's got the forum and there is life on that there forum there's some really good threads so go on there do your stuff oh and don't forget the shop now, very, 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 very quickly, I've had a shed load of maps, which I haven't mentioned for weeks. I'm going to breeze through this because I, I know Lucy loves this. But, you know, this show is not all about Lucy and what she likes. So um, <laughs> Jed, Jed and White he sent me a great map because he knows that I love heavy metal. This is a classic map that shows the number of heavy metal bands in Europe per million residents. Absolutely fascinating. Don't go anywhere near Finland if you like heavy metal. Catherine Rowan Jones experienced navigators from the Marshall Islands in the West Pacific use maps like this to memorize wave swells and topography. Now, Lucy, this doesn't look like any map that you would recognize. It's basically like wicker shapes with geometric patterns, but the uh, Pacific Islanders um, used it as a way of navigating. That's how they got from island to island. I think you'll find it's pronounced specific islanders. Never mind. What did I say? No, it's no, 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 no. It didn't. It's all right. Carry on. Oh, sorry. I missed that gag. All Chris. the pedants listening will get that, but you didn't hear it, so it's fine. I hate you. I hate you and your cleverness. Chris <laughs> from um, at Outside Circle. Not the most accurate of maps, he says, Rosie, but I thought you'd mention it. It is the classic EU member exit names, and considering I'm not talk- supposed to talk about Brexit anymore, I will pass on, but it's very funny. And we have had that one before. Claire Asprey says download the 67,000 historic maps in high resolution from the wonderful David Rumsey map collection. That's rather excellent. And there's a whole load of moon maps there and the various different phases of the moon. Zorro P. Freely, history in pictures. This one comes from an incredible map that shows how World War II happened day by day. Now, Lucy, if you are a 15-year-old boy who's discovered the Nazis and all their battery and all the terrible things that they did 
and a couple of grainy World at War documentaries. This is like porn. This is just like so awesome. It's the battlefront from 1939 to 1945. But however, this is Map of the Week. <laughs> this is Map of the Week. Philip Tamley. Royfield thought you might like this map. I hope you haven't seen it ready. Actually, Philip, I had, but it's a very good one. Lucy, it's the map. This is Map of the Week. The map of North American place names translated. It's very, very, very fascinating. So, just give you a couple if I can find it. Here we go. Oh no, do I have to? Okay, I have to guess, don't I? Okay, no, go on then. All right, I'll try. this I'll try. is okay. American state, American state. This is the bends of a river. Take a wild guess. Mississippi. You know what? That's a very good guess. Tennessee, right? Ah, right now. I just said Mississippi because it had all bendy letters in it. Well, because Mississippi is on a river, though, isn't it? Is it? Yes. Yeah. So that that's that's a great guess. And Tennessee borders Mississippi. All right. Hooray. So which state's name literally means great river? Uh, I'll give you a clue. You've already no. said it. Mississippi. Well done, Lucy V. Freeman. Yay! Surprise. <laughs> and just the very last one. Um, which state literally means river running through a red place? Ooh. Kansas. Wisconsin. Uh... No. If I was clever, I'd have made some pun out of the fact that Illinois means speaks normally. But I wasn't clever enough to do that. So let's move on. Thank you for your maps. Keep um, coming. Now, at the start of the show, we did actually thank everybody who has donated to us in the last three months. Because I, I, you know, because you're awesome. And without your help, the problem wouldn't be any dum-de-dum. Another way which we ask you to help us is by writing a review for us on iTunes. And I asked you a couple of weeks ago, and boy, have you guys delivered. So from the colony of thieves and barbecues, we have a review from Blah 35443. Back in the country of Brexit, we have reviews from Haltimut 16. Yes, sir, Totem Pole. Nick Preston. On Cloud 29. Mrs. Utree. Lynx Mick. Minxie Britt. Andrea Glass. Davy Speedstar. Oh, Paul I, the I, Party I, DJ. You've missed one out. Yeah. Maz Sings. Only three stars. Simodoski. Vintage Westerns. Darren 406. <laughs> Naked Fingers. Let me guess. Did you say how well, how much you like Naked Fingers? Naked Fingers, by any mm, chance. <laughs> I think he I think he commented on his pecs on Twitter or something. <laughs> uh, Phoenix Bell. And lastly, from Trump's America, we have a review from Alta Kitty. If you would like to help keep our little show on the road, there are two ways this can be done. You can donate by hitting the donate button on the site or you can sponsor us via patreon.com. And we have thanked all of our regular patrons, but that doesn't mean, folks, that you can't join them. Remember to get in contact with us. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our website, or you can call us on 0203-031-3105 to leave us a message from a phone. On social media, specifically Twitter, you can find Dumdydum, where we are at Dumdydum. I can be found at Royfield and... Uh, and I am at Lucy B. Freeman. And that other bulwark platform of social media is, of course, Facebook. And you can go on there and type in Dumpty Dum to go and play with Millie Bell and Yokel Bear. Right then, Freeman. Right then. Is that it? Yes, it is, I believe. All right then. Okay. Are you back Do... Off? Uh, is... Hmm? Is am it... I what? Is it Pornhub for you now? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Bye. How come you knows about Pornhub? Because I don't live in the 19th century, as you seem to believe I do. I just see you as this morally upright kind of citizen of Walthamstow. I, you know, you just... So, no, I wouldn't have thought you would have... Well, and the middle classes don't use porn. <laughs> When do you use porn, Lucy? You... I'm not. I'm not saying I do. I'm just saying that I think a you're you've just said morally upright, which implies that you think it's immoral, which I don't believe you do, and that mm. you think it's it's working class, not middle class. You bring class into everything, you know. You really do. You bring class into everything. Anyway, so yeah, can we just not talk about this in terms of morality? Why have we got to bring class into it? Okay. All right.
interesting diversion. But the, the story of the bloke whose name I forget who set up Pornhub, the man's an utter genius. What he did, right, so 2011, he says, right, let's have you porn, uh, YouTube but for porn. And you go, well, that's mm-hmm. not that clever an idea. Mm. It was all part of his plan. So what he did, he does that. And of course, everyone's just like downloading and upload, you know, ripping yeah. all these videos and uploading them. No copyright. Within nine months, the profits of um, the valley, where all this stuff is done, goes down by 80%. So then he goes off to Wall Street, buys up 80% of all the companies producing all the porn at the cut price. Mm-hmm. Then puts a ring fence around them. The man became like a billionaire in less than a year. He stabilised the, all, the, all the companies making it, then buys the companies at a knockdown price. It's just <laughs> absolutely incredible. And then sold it like a couple of years later for billions. He owns, the, the company owns 80% of all the porn on the internet. They control it. <laughs> just incredible. Don't ask me how, why, how I know that. I don't want to know how you know that. That's on Planet Money, that's why. But I need to go and make the tea now. Oh, so I don't really just as just as it, conversation gets interesting, you're off. You have to pull the whole "I've got children, I need to feed" card. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. See you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.